Todd, Francois, and I'm here to do a podcast for Sports Memories Bookshelf and uh, in Verona. I'm sorry, I never get the name right. I don't know why I did it. Um, but it's, it's the Power of Love is what we go by to for the these uh, podcasts. And I'm going to do the uh, Bob, this is from 1984, book, and it's by Peter Golenbach, 585 pages, and I believe it's the number one based, uh, or number one baseball memory for me, of this buddy's books, that I read a long time ago, the book that goes, that, let's turn this one over here, this is a book that gives you a seat in Evans Field. Yet another capture is of the ambiance of baseball in the golden era of baseball. This is a word, this is a wonderful read on a scale of one to five. It is definitely a five. Dolmbach is a great author that picks you up and takes you there. He has He has a, uh, he has, he's, he's awesome with many excellent books. He's, he is a writer of many baseball and football reports. Why a five description of day players and games. Interviews involved, involved. Fans of the, fan, I'm a fan of the bomb. Jackie Robinson's incredible story. Best baseball book I have ever read. Um, definitely, I, uh, I like to, uh, I love this book because of the fact that, you know, it's, it's got so many stories in it. You know, it's got Casey Stengel and how he, uh, how he had a bird in his, in his hat when he was wearing it on the field and he only took the hat off to, uh, bow to the crowd, the bird flew out. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, <laughs> the other stuff too is, uh, I don't think it's in a book, but Steve Darby, uh, first baseman, baseball or first baseman for him, and uh, superstar for them, was uh, a bad boy in spring training for the uh, for the Dodgers, and he ended up. Uh, writing a book about it and the experiences he had and they saw in the uh, conversations he had. You know, it, his dad drove the his dad drove the bus. So, you know, he, it, it, it's just an exceptional read. Uh, it's 585 pages, but you can, it, it's great because you get this whole history. You know, and they were they were the super bad, super page, I think for for a while, and uh, what happened was that's what their name was, and that's what they're going to go by. But, but uh, everybody kept calling the Dodgers because when they got off the trolley at the uh, where the stadium was, it was so it was so messed up that for traffic in Brooklyn, New York, that we got off this we got off the uh, trolley, you had to dodge cars to get in. So they call them a terrible. Started calling the Dodgers, and 
Yeah, that was the thing was is that and I remember I remember her uh I don't remember ever feel, but I remember so many stories about it. You know, what a great park it was. You know, it just totally one of the better one of the better uh history stories I've ever heard and how how kind of true were the walls where they had IBM like Chicago, Wrigley Field, and one second. That was uh, one of the ambiences of that park. But it had crazy, crazy crooked corners that, you know, if the ball got lined in that corner, that it was going to take crazy hops. So it made the game more exciting. Um, you know, I remember, uh, too, is that right field was very, very short. And I'm not really sure. I'm sure it was about 210 feet. But then when it got to, to right center, it got a lot deeper. And center was even deeper. And then it went back around that way. Left center, that's what it was. Left field was a little deeper than what it is on the fall line for uh, where this field. And, you know, it, and the managers they had with uh, Leo DeRocher and and uh, Bert Shatton, Walter Elston was there. I think I think Elston might have been the first year in Los Angeles, if I remember right. Um, but you know, and, and the the stars they had. That was you know they had Pete Reeser, and Reeser was going for. Now he, he's going from. The guy had from the Cardinals, and he was an, ex, he was an exceptional, exceptional, outstanding right-handed hitter. And they thought he was going to go down as, as one of the greats in baseball. But the problem was, is he hustled. <laughs> he hustled so much, he kept slamming into brick walls. And... It didn't do much for his baseball skills. They kind of eroded him, as a matter of fact, but he still was a pretty decent player. You know, and that's, that's one of the things, too. He had outstanding speed. You know, he could, so he could steal bases with an outstanding speed. He's a great hitter. He was great on defense, but that's what hurt him in the end. But he only really he only played at his full, full potential for, like, about three years and then he got hurt and that was just you can know, play a few more years after that. But uh you know it, it's fun to listen to fun to read stories about Pee Wee Reese and uh, Jackie Robinson. And when Jackie came was big break was trying to break in in forty seven with the Dodgers and break that collar line. He went through hell. Uh, you know, one of the one of the movies that I watched is the, uh, the Jackie Robinson story, which was, uh, and I think it was uh, about 2012, copyrighted. Outstanding baseball flick. Probably one of the, it is one of the best I've ever seen. Um, and, but in the movie, it shows the uh, relationship behind Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson. Pee Wee Reese was from Louisville. And people from Louisville 
had a had some serious racial issues. Many of them. <laughs> but for being from Louisville, he that was not that was not branded into his brain. He was open-minded. And uh, he loved Pointer, he loved Jackie. You know, he didn't care about the skin color. He cared about Jackie's heart. And you know, and Pee Wee had a big heart too, and I haven't come in on. Pee Wee was a great player, or Pee Wee Reese was a great player. And you know, he hustled, he had, he had some decent offensive skills, but he made up for it with hustle. And uh, he was the close relationship with Jackie, and that was the thing that, that they showed a lot in the movie. Uh, but the racial hatred, you know, it's just. It, it just it just blows my mind that anybody can people could be that way. But anyways, I'm just glad we're starting to get a little bit different uh, attitude. How I many years been a lot? And um, there was such a you know in fifty in fifty five. You know, in the, in the middle, early 50s, uh, they came running into the Yankees, 50, 51 and 52. And uh, in 51, 52, there was a, they were defeated by the Yankees. Um, one of them was, uh, I believe one of them was seven games, and the other was six games. Um, but the thing was, was that, you know, the Yankees, the Yankees got lucky. Especially with, uh, in 50, uh, I believe it was 58, no, 50, let me see this, 52, they got lucky. Um, a little, little big fly ball. It should have been caught by. It was caught by Billy Martin, but he, had, he came a long way. He took pictures from because it was very, you know, it was a bloop. It took. It had. They had to get. It doesn't. It's been stepping in the air long. It came down so fast, and every you know, Billy caught it at the at, at his shoe tops, and uh, there was also, and that was only the seventh. But the uh, eighth and ninth had a lot of line drive shots and uh, that were caught, and uh, you know, and that was the end. That was the game. That was the series. So anyway, um, in fifty, in fifty-six too, uh, they got no hit. They had a perfect game going against them by Don Larson, and uh, Don Larson. They called him Dooney Bird. He was a uh, he was he was a he was not a good pitcher. He had a bad he had a bad record. You know, at, at best you could call him uh, mediocre. Um, but that's being nice. But anyway, he was he was brilliant on one day, and that was his day, and he picked a good day to have it. And in the World Series, I believe it was the fifth game, and Barrera uh, was. Bear was an outstanding too as a receiver, and that's who, that's who caught that game. And you know he uh, he played. I think he only played, I think he played more games in the outfield than catcher, but I think he was the catcher. And uh, I think that's that's general thought. But you know 
back then is uh back then baseball was very uh was a sport that was very widely broadcasted by radio and pretty much radio only. Football hadn't come into uh come into interest until you know people were interested in the sport but not like they are not like they are now so I don't want to go into that. But anyways Don Larson was, a, was a, like I said, it was not a good pitcher. It was just such a surprise to everybody. He threw a, he threw a perfect game and uh, against the Dodgers. But I also need another drink. And uh, unbelievable. But he was at, he could get a perfect, he would throw a perfect game. Um, but a lot of people didn't, uh, you know, and, and back then, Dodger announcers too, you know, we, they had, uh, Red Barber, you know, we all, and he was, he was legendary, and they had, and, uh, Vince Scully was doing the color, and they had another guy in there too, I can't remember his name, but, uh, you know, Scully, Scully was there forever, and he was there for what, 70 years or whatever it was, at least 60, I know that, but uh, unbelievable because of the, uh, of the, you know, of the quality that even when he was delivering his last game, he had so much quality to his announcing, he could have gone on forever. He had that typical voice of Vince Scully, was outstanding, and he knew right away who it was. You know, and that was the thing about about Scully too, is that I love how he'd go back in the history of the player. You know, and it was almost like it was almost like a uh, baseball card with uh, with audio. And you know, I I can't, I can't I I've been able to listen to a lot of Vince Scully because we have had the baseball package. Uh, we didn't have the baseball package back then, and. Uh, and then I could go on YouTube, or not YouTube, but I go on the uh, internet and find find the Dodgers. I could get the Dodgers, and you know, the things that that was one of the things I liked about Scully too is he, he remained cool. You know, he wasn't. Uh, if you get if his, but he raised his voice a little bit, you can still like it. <laughs> but that was the thing, you know. Um. There was a uh, there's a gentleman too that was uh, in the back played back in the fifties for the Dodgers and in Brooklyn there and he was uh, he was big he was tough he was strong and he could really throw the ball and his name was Don Newcomb and he had an outstanding career against uh, an outstanding career. Um, he was the uh, the pitcher in game 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 six. No, I'm sorry. He was, yeah, he was a pitcher in game in game six of the uh, NLCS. Right, that was three games. Three, sorry, my bad. That was three games. All I think of it. I was in the uh, be like a divisional race to get to the World Series. But anyways. He's pitching in that game where uh, Bobby Thompson hits the home run. 
I still question her. I, I still think that maybe she should have kept him in and let him pitch. Um, and, uh, you know, Rolf Brinkett gave that up. And, you know, he's, he's one of those infamies forever that, you know, people, he'll be part of every trivia question that, you know, is asked about that game. Not who hit the home run, it's who gave it up. But, uh, you know, they always say uh, twos, but you know that it was heartbreaking. They're, they're, you know, the Dodgers were heartbroken, and you know, I just remember how much they they commented about their locker room. It was just a bale of tears. You know, and, and the thing is too is that when you play that hard for so many, you know, play that hard for 100, I think it's 155 games back then. But you, you put something into it like that for real. For 155 games, 154 games, it comes down to the fact that, uh, you know, you're just devastated, wiped out. You know, and, and it's not easy because we look at it as being, oh, well, we shut it off and walk away, read it by the sports page. You know, but we don't get, we don't, sometimes I don't think we understand how much of an effort the players go, what the players give, but also what they go through in the weekend after they get just have, uh, well, it's just gotten done playing, especially if they lose. But anyways, what I'm saying too is that I, I think that's a problem with uh, with the world and with the drug problem too for athletes is that they need something to pick them up on. You know, they need something to boost. They need something to make them feel better. And uh, Tuesdays, they have the day off, and Tuesdays, I believe, are the days that uh, they have the most comfort and most ease. That's, um, you know, it's it's sad when I think about all the players that have gotten suspended for drug use in the, uh, in the sports world. And it's, it's still amazing to me that they, I think they pull the rug over a little bit today. They don't, it's, it's like back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, they let you know it was screwing up. You know, and uh, I don't think they had any problems with the agents either back then. <laughs> but well, I'm, I'm going to talk about 1955 World Series. It came down to a, it came down to seventh game, and um, I'm not really sure the score. I'm trying to think of that, but it's not coming up. Not coming up on my computer, but anyways, I think it was the I think it was the seventh inning, and uh, Yogi Berra hit a hit a line drive out to left, and Armorous Emerus was playing towards the line, and he and he was not I was not the defense that the Yankees wanted to hit or the Dodgers wanted him to play at all, and they wanted to play Berra was a hitter, so he was hitting left-handed. But he was supposed to be in left center. And uh, he was in left field. He was right up against by the line. And that's where Barra headed. And that's where Amherst caught it. And that's the uh, that's the, that's the story of uh, that's the story of the Yankees ever first game first series that uh, against the Dodgers that they lost. So anyways. Um but that was the thing. That was the thing about, uh, about you know about this about the World Series back you know in the day. That's why there's so much more uh, 
there's a lot of people that watch the World Series now, but anyways, you know, there's so much more sports you can get into nowadays that it kind of takes your attention away from it. And this, uh, the thing was back then, it was baseball. Baseball, baseball, baseball. And it was football, obviously, but it didn't have the TV that, uh, that baseball did. You know, you can see a game, you can see your team play 155, I don't remember, 154 games, you know, and back then, back then you could get to the, uh, you can, I'm going to say TV, but you can listen to 162 games, but back then you could get to the park, you know, by, by, uh, sitting by the transportation of the city or in cab. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, it's one of those things that I just see they had to work for. They had to work for everything a little bit more back then, I think. But, uh, it's fun to, it's fun to make my brain jump back into those days. I was never alive, but I can usually, you know, I use my brain to, uh, Imagine how it was back then, because they used to describe it so well. Uh, you know, and, you know the thing about this this book is that it'll ever it'll ever be like the uh, the Packers uh, Jerry Kramer diary, and uh, you know, and there's other you know, and this is a particular book with uh, that is you know just coming to style, you know, and back then. And it's a book of, it's a book of, when they question, when they start talking to an individual, listed, you know, and then the, the author lists what he does very well, or his character, where he's at now, what he's doing, so on and so forth. But here, but going, going back to, going back, was able to, uh, get these guys, the questions from all these guys, and they were able to answer that. And it was, it was, it was, long, it was usually about 10 pages long, you know, and it had something to do with, you know, like game, game three of the 51 world, uh, 51 championship game, 51 series, you know, 51 championship series, you know, they, you know, they, they asked me questions about the, uh, the question, I want players about, usually, you know, usually when they do a book like that, it's usually, it's usually 10 players or so they ask. It gets gets to be a long, uh, gets to be a long, a long uh, paragraph or paragraphs, <laughs> and you know that's the thing is that, like I say, I love baseball so much, and you know, like I'm saying too, is going like he can literally lift you up and take you to the, uh, but they can also out to the field, um, you know and. And that's when the, that's the beauty of it. This, that's uh, this is a that's a book that you know it gets you right into the locker room. You, can, you know, you can, you can tell you, you describe what what's going on, who's talking, who's uh, not talking, so on and so forth. But that's the thing is, is that you know a writer, writer, good writers have good descriptions of what's going on in sports or other matters too. You know, and that's what, uh, that was the thing for the Dodgers, you know, and 
and Roy Campanella. Roy Campanella is coming home and he's living in Philadelphia. I don't know, Philadelphia broke out into Everybody's Philadelphia. Anyway, that's where he's from. But he was coming home and he was on icy roads and you know, he came home and he, he uh, slid and hit a telephone pole and didn't kill him but paralyzed him and ended his career right there. Um, he had to, uh, he went through a lot. Uh, he came to be that, it came to be that he was a uh, paraplegic um, for, forever. And uh, he had such a great, great mannerism to him. And uh, he was such a, he was such a strong person. And that's what, that's what people, when you, that's what they talk about when he in a wheelchair. He had a great personality, he just took it from work, you know, when he could walk and stuff like that, right in his wheelchair. You know, people loved him and he loved people. And that was the thing, was, you know, it's, when he was, I think he was a three-time MVP for the Dodgers, I believe. He was, he had awesome power and he had awesome power and um, he was a great, he was a great catcher too. Great defensive skills as a catcher. But the thing was, was that they had fun with, uh, they had fun too. It was like Duke Schneider, one of the best center fielders ever. That was back when they had the, uh, that was back when they had me, Mantle, and Schneider in New York. And Schneider was a, Schneider was smooth. And he was, you know, he was great hitter, great defense. You know, Evans Field had a very deep center field. Uh, wasn't as deep as uh, pole ground was 483 feet. Or in the, uh, the Yankee Stadium. I think Yankee Stadium was like 470 or something like that. They had a deep center field too back then. And, you know, it, the best thing that happened to the Dodgers back then was when he had World Series. And, you know, one of the things, too, I remember, too, is about Gil Hodges. And Gil Hodges was really struggling. He, I think he was, like, over 29 or something in a, in a World Series. And he was really, really pressing. And he went to church. And he talked to the nun about that. And she uh, she said she was rooting for him. And he went out there and he got, like, he got smacked in her curve. He had a double or something like that. And he finished the series up very strong. And you know that was a and that propelled them. That propelled the Dodgers to the to the uh, World Series championship trophy. With this, with the characters too, it was like in that book, Casey Stengel, uh, Red Barber, Fern Scully, Leo. To Rocher and Capital. Well, it was something else too, because you know he was a great manager for the Dodgers. He was very much, very cocky, cocky as a rooster. And what happened was, I remember, but he was very good with Jackie too. And he was, I'm sorry, but he was suspended for the. Uh, I shouldn't say it very good. Because I, anyways, what I'm trying to say is that he was suspended for the 40, 
seventh season because of the fact he was screwing around with, I think it was Lorraine Day or somebody, and uh, Branch Bickey, best uh, GM executive ever, got a hold of that, and he told and he suspended Drocher for the year. And what came out of it was they had Fritz Shotton manage one, one year. He was a great manager. And that was a, that was a, uh, that was, you know, I don't even think he liked managing. And that was one of the things. And, but he, he get it for, he get it for Ricky as a favor, if I remember right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But the thing was that he, he brought class, he brought class to the dugout. You know, silent dresser. You know what? That's why he managed it. He never managed the uniform. He measured me. He managed in a top hat, uh, starch colored shirt, and uh, dress dress pants. So, anyways, but it's an awesome book. Please read it. Please take a look at it. There is some. I believe there's some touch of vulgar in there, but it's pretty, it's clean. And uh, I give it a five, definitely. Anyway, if nobody else has told you they love you today, I do. With that, thanks.